Get in there and get your fight going. Get your dander up. The, yeah, I don't understand. I've never understood. Get, get, what is get your dander up? I, is there a meaning of dander that we're not aware of? I just always thought it was like you're it's making not- someone allergic to you. <laughs> Is that I what wonder that if means? it's like when your hair stands up, it's easier for the dander to. Are, get but out. are we sure that dandruff, which after all is spelled differently from dander, are related in any way? Interesting point. Wait, what? So many, so many, so many damn books. Welcome to so many damn books. I'm Drew. I'm Christopher. Surprise! I'm, I'm Nosley. Yay! Uh, and this is and this is Nosley. Thanks so much for joining us, Nosley. Yeah, um, I. This is a tradition now. We've done this twice. Uh, yes. I'm the producer of the tournament of books, and now there's a tradition that on you know after the tournament ends, I come on for an episode to talk about how it went. This is one of the wonderful traditions, I believe, of the tournament. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, our show, yes, is one of the wonderful traditions of the tournament. If we do say so ourselves. Yeah. Well, well, you know, look. <laughs> we've gotten involved we've we've inserted ourselves into the proceedings as much as possible yeah how do you feel about that <laughs> so one of the things about the tournament <laughs> one of the things about the tournament is that it's always changing um and we always get to try something new and what stays the same is that it's 16 books from the past year and people talk about them um but you know just you two have been involved as commenters um as you know oh actually here's a story that I don't know. I don't know if the public knows this story. Many years ago, someone under a totally anonymous Twitter handle at Raging Biblia Hall yep. um, discovered uh, that Lev Grossman, who was a judge that year, had tweeted that he had really enjoyed uh, a book that he was reading. And you know, at Raging Biblia Hall, this rando on the internet, being the smart guy that he is. Uh, connected, you know, like added two and two together and was like, well, you know, Lev's on the long list. It's about February. He's talking about this book. This book is in the quarterfinals. <laughs> he went so far as to at reply us about this fact. <laughs> I did. We proceeded oh, to like kind of sort of freak out, try to find out who this guy was. Rosecrans uh, messaged me immediately and was like, please call me. <laughs> We were very nervous. You're, you were. It was surprisingly difficult to figure out who you were. It was very anonymous at the time. Uh, yeah, I was. I tried to keep my my uh, Twitter persona separate for a very long time, and now they're all like they're they're merging. Yeah, you've got like five Twitter personalities that make I up do. like like sort of like a Power Rangers coming together to make the. Um, <laughs> that's just called Tweet Deck. <laughs> but so that's how we met our friend Drew Broussard. Uh, <laughs> Who, you know, first was you know, a, a, a grand spoilee of the Tournament of Books. He kindly deleted his tweet. Uh, then, you know... Yeah, I was terrified. I gotta be honest. <laughs> they were gonna come at the tournament They were gonna come year? at you. No. Because um, I hated that book. And then when it won, I was like, what well, was, whatever. What was the book? Uh, Orphan Master's Son. Ah. Uh. A lot of good things came about. As a result of this, um, <laughs> Drew and Christopher spent a lot of time in the comment sections. Eventually, they started so many damn books. Um, two years ago, they were commenters, um, commentator, kind of commentating on the match for us. Um, and this year, they agreed to do a further new thing, which was um, our Facebook Live discussions every yeah. month. And I don't know what they're going to be doing next year, but... 
Neither do we, I guess. Uh, we're just going to be throwing books at each at the the books at each other and seeing which one explodes the most. I'm glad you said the... that because I was actually thinking about kind of like long term performance pieces and how we can incorporate <laughs> those into. Um... It's actually just the entirety of the tournament. We're in like a window display, like a Macy's window display. Reading. Yeah, for, like from the start to the end of the tournament. Webcams. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, believe me, I still watch every fucking judge's Twitter feed. <laughs> That's kind of a joke. Uh, Will but- Chancellor uh, gamed me this year because he knew this story. I love this story. And so he he gaslighted me into thinking that Sudden Death was in the final for like a week. Wow, that's really good, Will. Um, that's amazing. And when and I didn't when know this lost, was going on, I texted him immediately, and I was just so mad, and he was delighted. <laughs> Um, Will actually got to be a judge this year, which is something that he's wanted to do ever since his book uh, competed. Yeah. Speaking of people who have been involved in, in multiple ways, um, big, big fan of Will Chancellor here at, at Tournament Books headquarters. Let's do what'd you buy. What's the, cause this is a big deal to me. It's like, what's the first thing that you're reading outside oh, of the tournament? Yeah, that's a good call. Um, and so why don't we talk about what'd you buy? Great. Um, I bought Elif Badaman. I don't know if I'm pronouncing any part of her name correctly. Um, the idiot, uh, which is, you know, in this lovely pastel pink, it's got a rock on the cover and I love a campus novel. And this is supposed to be a funny campus novel. Um, and so I bought it and it's sitting on my shelf and I can't wait. I'm so excited for that book. When does it come out? It's out. What about you, Nesley? Did you buy anything? That- oh, you're looking at your phone. We don't have to go to you. Why don't you go, Drew? Why don't you tell us what you bought? Uh, I went out and picked up the two pieces of Colson Whitehead's backlist that I don't already own. John Henry Days and Apex Hides the Hurt. Uh, I picked up John Henry Days from Strand and... Because I wanted all of them in hardcover, uh, Apex hides the hurt from Powell's, our friends out there in Portland. I'm excited. I can't wait. I loved reading the Intuitionist. You're uh, such a nut about book uh, versions, and I'm glad because the book industry lives and dies on people like you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I buy a lot of books too, but you you really care about um, version, which is cool. Version control. <laughs> Although, wait, What's does that, that mean uh, oh. if you're buying an uh, the edition that you want, that means it's used, right? Which not from necessarily. a book industry perspe- perspective is not. Uh, Look, it all helps. Yeah, right? That's true. A rising tide. It's like my that. favorite thing is honestly book depository because I can get my, my UK editions of things. Uh, There's a lot of parts of the book ecosystem to be supporting. That's true. That's very true. Do you want to talk about something you bought? Yeah. So this is a throwback. Long-time re- listeners may remember that I really liked uh, Hani Nagahara's A Little Life. Yeah. A little bit. I like that book a little bit. Um, and I spent a lot of time thinking about whether I wanted to read her first novel. Mm. God, what was it called? People, people in, in the, the Trees. Keep the People in the Trees. Also a tournament contender. A book that I loved and you hated. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I, I've it's been spoiled for me. I've read many reviews of it. I've edited many reviews of it at this point. It's been years. <laughs> Um, but I went and bought it because I'm all like, 
While I'm someone who develops like obsessions with individual items, I'm also a completionist. So I'm deciding to combine those two things together in this specific case. Oh, that's really interesting. It's a it's a strange, strange book. I'm ner- I haven't started it, frankly, um, because I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, it's a really weird one. Yes. Look forward to seeing what you think. Mm-hmm. Same. Hey, speaking of uh, speaking of Nosley, huh. should we talk about what we're drinking? Oh yes, we should. So this is a drink that um, we drank on the Facebook Live, uh, the last Facebook Live thing, um, and I still made another one for the show um and it's a uh, it's good yeah it's really good it's a strawberry basil smash um so you take a bunch of strawberries and sugar and lemon and uh you let that macerate for a little bit and then you add in uh basil and you really uh mortar and pestle that into a nice muddle i believe is the term no <laughs> no yeah you're right no it is <laughs> i'm very right <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> I just forgot the word for a second. <laughs> I forgot the name of the novel I was recommending. So, so we're all over the place here. Uh, so yeah, we, uh, w- um, and then uh, you add in gin and uh, pour that into a glass and then add a little seltzer on top and uh, garnish it with basil. And you I'd have like a drink. to talk about. And I'm naming it after you, the Nosley. Thank you. Because you love strawberries. You said that. I love strawberries. Um, I also love basil. I'd, al- I'd like to shout out the way in which this drink was garnished. Um, I'm familiar with the concept that bruising an herb, um, you know, releases its aromatic oils for the world to enjoy. But the particular way in which Christopher garnished this basil involved um, uh, kind of like, like imagine the sound of, of one hand clapping, except that it's two hands clapping a couple of leaves of basil. <laughs> um, and they just kind of like pop uh, in your hands for a moment at this, this, this kind of clapping moment and suddenly you smell basil and suddenly it's in your drink. And, um, (laughs) if someone had done that at a bar, I would have rolled my eyes. Uh, but it was Christopher doing it, uh, before we talked about these books and, uh, it was obnoxious and yet very welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I feel like that's, um, that's probably, gonna be if the, if i was a book if i'm on my that's your blurb yeah obnoxious <laughs> but welcome <laughs> the tournament's over i know or and it's it was a great another banner year for the tournament of books um i loved the tournament and uh, i don't know if everybody listening to this know this but uh the home going didn't win which is what i thought was gonna win indeed the underground railroad won and so since you're right and i'm wrong Oh, yes. Uh, the author for our next backlist episode, which will probably happen sometime this summer. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to do Jonathan Lethem. Yes. And we're going to read mm. um, Motherless Brooklyn, which is an awesome novel. Apparently, I haven't read it. Yeah. When was it published? Uh, Great question. We don't know. We don't know anything about it because we haven't done any of our research on this new book that's hey. com- that we're going to do for the show. This new book that definitely just came out and we're not filling a gap of having not read it previously uh, and telling people that we have. What? Like me. What? Oh, are you? You've lied about reading. Brooklyn was published in 1999. Hey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, I have definitely told people that I've read Motherless Brooklyn. You have? Yeah. Huh. 
you asked us, uh, Nasli, about the uh, the particular judgments that we really got into, um, or or ones that were really surprising. And it's so funny, I can't really even remember them separately. They all sort of become like a voice of the tournament. Um, and I guess because you edit them, you kind of feel of it differently. Was there any that were difficult to edit? Sorry, did you say, were there any that were your favorites? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I can do that instead. So one was, that, was, that was interesting to edit and also one of my favorites was um, Will Chancellor, who we were just talking about. He really just like, like, he just, he gave us so many thousands of words and it was so incredible. And about a, th- a thousand of them had to go. Um, <laughs> but... You know, every judge does this. Will did this and every judge does this. But like the tiny worlds that are created in this like, you know, thousand to two thousand to four thousand word uh, (laughs) space uh, are so interesting and weird. Um, So like Will created, you know, Will really got into like, what does it mean to what does it mean uh, to have the authorial intention set by your author bio affect the content of your novel? And does that matter? And, you know, I was it you who said that you literally never look at that until after you finish the book you like avoid it oh no i don't avoid it i just it's just part of it for me i don't i don't i didn't understand why people were i mean i i understand why will is focusing on that because um i feel like it is particular to uh, it's something that you particularly think about in a certain way as an author and and how your book is packaged which you have no control over so you only Mm. get to um you only get to react Mm -hmm. so it's it you know, there's a little bit of control in you get to write your bio, but even then, like there's some stuff that is out of your hands. Yeah. And so I can totally see why he would be obsessed with that as a writer, uh, as a reader. I feel like I come at it with seeing every now and then I just flip back. I'm like, Oh, he lived there mm-hmm. or, uh, or he studied that, or this is actually has nothing to do with his life or, 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 uh, she wrote this for this reason. Like there's some stuff that, that pops up in there that I just always think of as enhancements. Hmm. But then again, I'm always, a, I w- I'm the person who checks out all the special features of a DVD and I always want to get the full experience that people are, are giving to something. So I would never want to lose that. Right. Um, and the way that he sort of wrote about it, he was just like, I wish that wasn't there, which is strange to me. I mean, you have, you're, you're on Will's side, Drew. I am. I, I think because, um, I love, and this is a recent development, I love reading the acknowledgments. Mm. And I, I feel as though the acknowledgments are really where they become a part of the book in a way where you, you get to discover like, oh, this person researched this and they lived here and these people were the ones who read the book. Like, I love looking back and seeing like, ooh, like, I know that person. How does that person know this author or whatever? Um, so that then when it does come time to be like, who is this author? It's like, they are this person. They live here. And like, they've written these other books. I was surprised that that conversation didn't come up again more for Sudden Death, because there is so much about the writing of Sudden Death, whether or not it's fictional or not, hmm. in um, in the actual comments of that. Not, it, like literally in within the pages of the actual book, he talks about the writing of it. And I personally think that stuff is, belongs in the acknowledgments. And actually, you know, I, I, it's like, don't pay any attention to the man behind the curtain while I'm reading. Oh, interesting. Wait, so I haven't I haven't read it. I've read the story of my teeth, and I think that I probably would have liked it more if I hadn't known anything else about Louis Ellie or Enrique. Mm. Um, but uh, say more about how he inserts himself into the narrative. Well, there's there's some um, things there are where emails he... between him and his agent and his okay. editor. 
Uh, yeah. So and very overt. Yeah, very yeah. much. Um, and and to me, it's the sort of thing that I just I don't know. That is one of the things that really make gr- makes me grind my teeth and and takes away from my enjoyment of the novel. Is that because it's your your literal industry? I don't know. I feel like it would. I th- feel like it bothered me before I became uh, part of the behind the scenes book world person that mm. I, I felt that way. But I don't know. It's hard to say. I want to talk more about the idea of um, recognizing an author's humanity. Um, yeah. Because I feel like that's a lot of what ends up happening in the comments of the tournament of books is we get reminded not only of that. We get reminded of a lot of stuff. First of all, that there's another way to have read the book than mm-hmm. the way that you read it. And also that there might be intentions on display that you misread um, because intentions are difficult to, to parse and not every time does an author's intention come through. And also, you know, depiction is not advocacy. You know, like right. like uh, when uh, in the Knicks, when Nathan Hill is talking about, you know, his, his main character is a bad teacher. He's not saying like all teachers should be bad. You know, he's saying this is a bad teacher. This is very fraught territory. I know. But I'm just saying depiction is not, all, is not advocacy, mm-hmm. especially in novels. I keep saying this and reading has changed. I think for everybody in the last handful of months, like it's impossible to read anything. And as it turns out, it's impossible to read literally anything, not just novels without, uh, putting like sociopolitical context into it. Cause Mm. we're all now, whether we like it or not, we are paying more attention than we ever have in the past. Yes. And I think that was true of every, like it judges said it. So many of the judges were like, boy trump uh and i think in the comments even though that actually rarely came up even john and kevin actually were saying like can we not talk about trump in the next uh commentary on this match (laughs) but i think the if if we can try to extrapolate a potential positive from uh our darkest timeline that we're living in right now it is the idea that everyone is just thinking and thinking more critically in a way that forces you to really grapple with the idea of um, attempting to understand, like to to come at a thing in a way that you never would have previously. Oh yes, the attempt to see the other side, yeah, is is definitely um, is something you're hoping for in the news, but something that I think is deeply on display in the comments. I do think it's interesting that in the comments section, and I love watching this every day for a month, uh, you have a lot of people bringing, bringing all their baggage with them, you know, um, um, talking, talking about these books the best way they know how, given their context. And, you know, overwhelmingly, I mean, just the vast majority aside from the, you know, schmed champions of the world are, are ready to, to listen to other people's context and, and potentially change their opinions. Um, we saw a lot of that this year in various directions. Um, and, you know, RTs are not endorsements. A book about slavery is not automatically endorsing slavery, of course. Um, and I think that the conversation around whether or why that might be is is really valuable. And we've seen a lot of that this year. Hmm. It's a fun counter to the thing, Christopher, that you've said about 
how if you don't if you kind of don't like a book going into the tournament chances are by the end of the tournament you are ride or die burn that book to the ground uh or flip side you like the book that you're like this is pretty good you come out of it being like i will defend this book to my dying breath yeah and actually you know there there's the middle side too where i've come i came in really disliking sudden death fought hard against it in the comments that day and then as as it kept coming up and and people kept bringing up other things that they liked about it i remembered like oh i did like more of that book (laughs) right um than it might have seemed um and I think that that's that's like one of the really valuable things to me is is to remember all of the like there's stuff that people bring up in a judgment that I don't even I didn't even remember as like my thought process about the book but suddenly they bring it back like um, again I'm gonna talk about Will Chancellor um, he brought up you know um, the uh, the scene in Underground Railroad where Cora is stuck in the attic and that is something that I had I had I think put in the background of my mind on purpose because it was so horrifying and terrible and a a long section of the book and very difficult to read that it makes sense that I kind of have muted that conversation in my own mind. But having that reminded to me suddenly made the Underground Railroad so much more powerful than I had been thinking of it because I had Mm. so wanted home going to win. To, To take that and extrapolate for the rest of the tournament, something that's really interesting, like I constantly worry that like, what if what if four different judges who after all are not reading each other's work um, pick the same pivotal scene or scenes to talk about? And it never happens that way. Um, the I think what you respond to is so personal. Um, and we see it in the judgments. We see it in the comment section that, yeah, it's it's really interesting to to read each other's comments and, and be reminded of that stuff. Um, yeah. And also, I mean, it's just it's just like... <laughs> I mean, this is silly, but just reading is awesome. You know, there's so yeah. many, there's, there's so many pages in these books and there's so many things that you don't even, I was bringing this up on the end of, uh, at the end of the tournament that, uh, you know, I read Underground Railroad over almost two weeks, some of it on a train because I was being cute about it. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then Homegoing, I read in like three sittings you know 100 100 100 and finished it and and like that changes how you read a book like just the way that you've sat down and that's one of the great things i love when a judge you know talks about like oh my kids were screaming while i was reading this so i might have missed some stuff yeah um i i think that that is a a fascinating and important thing to talk about that you know a new york times review would never go into like you're never going to find out about like machiko kakadani like pouring tea on her book accidentally or something right which is too bad I think it's uh, honestly um, there are judges and judgments that every like the judges we love to hate in the comment section um, who usually make a decision for some seemingly strange idiosyncratic and like Dale Peck's uh, uh, classic unjudgment aside, but like Andrew WK um, choosing between Wolf Hall and I don't remember what the other book was. in 2010 and he talks for a while about the covers he talks about the fact that there's a huge family tree at the like a character list at the beginning of wolf hall and then he pretty much does and this was like a thing that my um my ap gov teacher used to joke about doing is like he would take the two essays and like throw them down the stairs and see which one went further and then give that one the higher grade uh i don't believe that he did that but i kind of do believe that andrew wk did that and like 
Sure. Is that a is that a way for partisans of whatever book lost to be angry? Oh yeah. Yeah, but in reality, it's not that much different from being like, I chose Wolf Hall because. I am studying Tudor history right now, and so obviously it's right up my alley. Yeah, I mean, all I mean the other way to look at that Andrew W. K. type of review, and I just feel like those don't come up anymore um, because people take the tournament more seriously, for better or for worse. Um, but I ju- you can just look at that as basically like the Bart Simpson um, review <laughs> of Treasure Island, where he's like, "There are pirates. <laughs> yeah, someone has a parrot on their shoulder. You know, like there's- if you." If you or anyone listening to this podcast knows someone who can get Bart Simpson to review a book for the Tournament of Books, <gasps> email me. What was your least favorite book that has ever competed in the tournament? I have an answer. Okay, why don't you answer first? Ever competed or competed while we've been following? Good question. Because that takes it from a three-way tie to a two-way tie for me. Your, your call. Okay. My least favorite book, possibly that I've ever read, and certainly that was been in the tournament, was a uh, Next by James Hines. Oh. A book I didn't read it. It was two thousand nine. No, it 2000... was two thousand. I want to say two thousand eleven or twelve. It was the same year as um, Goon Squad, I think. Yeah. So, does that make it twelve? I think that makes it eleven. Right. That sounds right. Christopher has a computer open. It's so not interesting, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this book. Uh, I think that it was interesting what Christopher was saying about the way that someone references a book kind of vividly reminding you of something that you hadn't thought about. I vividly remember literally everything about this book. I could relate like relate this book to you almost like like page by page. Um, and it just so profoundly did not work for me as a reader. Um, but the fact, the thing that always sticks in my mind about the fact that I disliked it so much and you know i use the app time hop a lot which shows you your tweets for every day <laughs> and so every year i am shown that around march of 2011 or 12 <laughs> uh, i tweeted a lot about how upset i was that my dear friend jessica francis kane chose this book um in the tournament of books um it just it every year i think about like what does it mean that i hated this book and yet remember it so vividly and like did i actually love this book like there's a terry pratchett quote that like like hate is just love with its back turned uh (laughs) like did i did i actually love this book like what does it mean to hate or love a book or remember a book there are lots of books i profess to love and i remember nothing about them so i just think it's really interesting to, to think about what you reacted to so negatively and and why I agree. I think that is a really interesting question. Um, I actually had to. I I actually had to go back just now and, and read some of the um, lists of books that have appeared, and I suddenly remembered this visceral reaction to uh, to the Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller, um, where it's a, one of the ways to like a book a little more that you might not have liked in print is to listen to it. Um, I find that like a, um, a someone reading it can sort of gloss over some of the stylistic tendencies that I might, might've bothered me if I had read it on a page. Um, and oh my gosh, there's just so many things that I was disliking about Song of Achilles and then, um, that I had never finished reading it. Uh, and it's one of the only books I've ever actually returned to audible, uh, to get a new credit Wow! because I disliked it so intensely. Song of Achilles is a book I do not like, (laughs) (laughs) but you don't remember why really? I rem no, I or think it was just it's like kind of like like flourishes. It just never did. It, it never worked. Anyway, you should answer this question. I've been going on for a while now. Oh, I just went and did some some quick uh, Goodreads research. 
I have rated 11 books one star in the time that I've been reviewing books. So that's since um, fall 2009. Four of them are tournament books. Okay. Uh, three of them I've actually engaged with. And I'm not, I don't, uh, one of them is uh, Ali Smith's The Accidental, which won long before I was paying attention to the tournament. 2004 or something, right? Yeah. Not, or not 2004, but like a long time ago. Uh, way, 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 way back. And I read that before I knew about the tournament too. And I, uh, that book and I just did not get along. Um, but then uh, The People in the Trees. Oh yeah, you, you don't like that one. I don't like that book. Um, and then... Um, I was I think I was too harsh on it because I think he's a great writer. I just hated the book uh, How to Get he, Filthy Rich in I'm Rising sorry. Asia by Mohsin Hamid. Um, I'm so excited for Exit West, but... Um, yeah, I remember that book as well. And then the, the only one that I have actually gone out of my way to try to convince people not to read, because you know what? Like, I get it, you just, is Sheila Hetty's How Should a Person Be? Oh, that's <gasps> really funny. I really like that book. Yeah. Oh, I hated that oh, book. Oh, and that actually has authorial person, intrusion as well. I'm the only person who read that book and was like, what a book. I don't need to have an opinion about this book. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Look at this book that has words on it and everything. I think I still own it, in fact. I usually, I mean, I prune fairly aggressively. It's still on my shelves at my house. Mm. I got really close to reading the entire bracket this year. I read the entire round of 16. Uh, and the only book that I haven't read yet is The Sport of Kings. That's amazing. This is actually the year that I've read the fewest um, tournament of books since I've started following it. Wow. Um, I just, uh, I, I have found my reading time to be more impacted than usual right now. Sure. And I think it's really interesting. I wanted to talk about this, um, the nature of spoilers and the tournament, because yeah. um, one of the things that I, I've heard when people are talking to me about the tournament, because I'm talking to them about the tournament, is that like, <laughs> that sounds really cool. Uh, I've never read any of those books. And I want to tell them like, this actually would be a really cool thing for you to read anyway, if you're interested in what's going on in modern literature, because mm-hmm. there aren't spoilers as they is as a spoiler is um and you edit that um but you edit that without knowing the actual content of the book so you have to go by what it's a good question um i think it it deserves mentioning that like spoilers have never bothered me like i'm someone who will read the wikipedia entry for a movie before i see it and feel like it adds something to my experience so like i'm a weirdo sure um it's interesting it's interesting reading up to four or five judgments of a book um never having read it um i i try to be as thorough as I can be with respect to fact checking any assertion about a book um, and any, certainly any quotes about books. Um, So by the time we've gotten even to the zombie round, um, I feel like I have a feel for a lot of these books. Um, When I have read one, you know, I think the last time that we considered cutting something for spoilers is when a judge mentioned that Jude dies in a little life. You can't redact that. It's not even a spoiler. Um, So I think the nature of spoilers is a really interesting thought. Um, you know, when is a when is a book worse as a result of a spoiler and when it is it when is it not? Um, but yeah, it is it is like this fantastic like four month tease where I'm I read about all these fantastic books, don't really have time to read any of them. Uh, and then years later, you know, like I read The Orphan Master Son a year and a half ago. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, but I think I got as much out of it as I would have if I had if I had been totally fresh. This is, you know, one woman's very strange viewpoint um, and engagement with modern literature. 
I, I, I just want to um, say that I think it's a totally valid way to, to come at the tournament is just to read it, having not read any of the books at all. I think that, um, you know, the, the buy-in is, is high for for commenting. I do feel like to comment and comment well, it's better to have read at least the two books, at least one of the two books that are being um, talked about often uh while you can also just comment just talking about the judgment if you if you were yeah and and some people do and so i think that there's a lot of ways to come into the tournament and um if you're a so many damn books listener but not a tournament of books uh person i think that you know it is less of a buy-in that you might think yeah it's it's easy to get scared off by how excited people are uh, ourselves very much included but I think there is one of my favorite things is when you see somebody being like, you know, I wasn't going to read either of these books. And then I read this judgment and I was like, now I'm going to pick them both up. Mm, I do. Yeah, I think that's really awesome. March is a cold, sad month where all you're hoping for is the end of winter and the beginning of spring. And, um, it always gives me something to look forward to about the fact that March is coming up and yeah. that it's not spring yet. And it's like, ah, it's not spring yet. <laughs> Tournament of books is still on its way. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so thank you very much to Nosley and all the people who work behind the scenes, but particularly you since you're here. Um, thanks so much for the tournament, Nosley. I'll, yeah. pa- I'll pass on your thanks. Good. Slash take them all for myself. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, it's a giant team effort. Um, and... That's all. That's not all. That's though, not all. Our last thing. Because we want to talk about, we want to recommend a book. We read some pretty cool books. We recommend you take a look. that might that we would hope would compete either this in in next year or there's an awesome summer tournament of books that's not a tournament that's a read-along uh thing that if you're interested in you should go to the morningnews.org slash tob and sign up for the newsletter um about the tournament that they just are launching soon um but drew why don't you start us off with a book that you loved that you would like to see in contention um I think I there I read a couple of really great 2017 books so far this year, um, which is not always the case. Usually, because I'm reading a bunch of 2016 books, getting ready for the tournament. Uh, Jeff Vandermeer's Born is I just loved it. It everything the dude writes gets better and better. Um, and Born, I've read it twice now, wow. and I'm looking forward to reading it again when it's. Um, finally drops in hardcover i think at the end of the month bless you um it's just like it's tricky and smart it's if you were unsatisfied by the ending of uh the southern reach trilogy you will find satisfaction here but it keeps the weirdness and then like actually dials it up cool that sounds amazing yeah uh nasley do you want to go or do you want me to go a book that is coming out in 2017 that's what it is yeah. A book that's coming out for 2017 that I want 
no one to talk about and no one to read but me is The Book of Dust by Philip Pullman. (gasps) I want no one else to be allowed to have an opinion about it. I want it to be delivered to me and to be shared with no one else. And I want it to be exactly what I wanted it to be be for like over a decade now. And then I want no think pieces and I just wanted to get all of the awards, but I will also be the person nominating it for all the award, the awards. <laughs> this, I'm just describing a very specific fantasy to you, but it's a cool one. Yeah. It sounds really good. Um, I co-sign honestly. <laughs> I feel like there are a lot of, a lot of his dark materials readers who feel exactly the same way. I'm afraid of the takes. Takes the, didn't exist when we were enjoying these books, like via the library. Can mm. you imagine the takes about Amber Spyglass? Oh my God. I mean, you know, I, even even Harry Potter really existed totally. almost completely before the hot take, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but you also had something else that you were talking about off mic that you wanted to recommend. Oh, yeah. I want to recommend this book. Um, it's not, it's, it hasn't been published in the U.S. yet. It's going to be. It's called The Power by Naomi Alderman. Um, comes heavily blurbed and thanked for by uh, Margaret Atwood, apparently. Um, it's like a, a, a feminist, speculative, sci-fi uh, a world in which that is our world, except that it turns out that women can can conduct electricity through their hands and and harm people. Ooh, I'm in. Don't you want to live in that world? Hell, Sounds fascinating. Yeah. All right, Christopher, what's yours? Oh, uh, you know, I really wished that we could have talked about Alyssa Nutting's last book in the tournament, um, and now even more, I want to talk about her new book, Made for Love. Um, it's an incredible novel that when i set it down i just looked around my apartment i was just like this book this book's amazing yes it's Um, an amazing book and she somehow did something even more insane than what she tried to do last time in a novel and uh, she's an incredible writer i love everything that she's done so far and uh, this book is no different made for love if it doesn't end up in the tournament i'm gonna be really surprised because it's an amazing novel he says looking at nosley yeah who? Well, <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> um, anyway, Nasli, thank you so much for the tournament and joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, till next year, you all, people, all of you out there in the listener land, um, we are not going to be talking about the tournament next next episode. No, we we'll are, have an author here to just talk about their book with no tournament talk whatsoever. And uh, we will be actually back on the twenty fifth. Correct. 11 plus 14, 25. Yes. So uh, if you liked all of the stuff that we did for the tournament this year, and if you came to the podcast, we would really love you to leave a review on iTunes. It really means a lot to us. And um, this was... 10 seconds. It's it's great for us. You know what I had stuck in my head recently for like an hour? What? The phrase from the song that you use that you wrote that goes, It's a tournament of all. What is his second book called again? It has a very good title. To Test the Meaning of Certain Dreams. Such a good title. Yeah. Someday he'll write it. Indeed. (laughs) Take that out. This time you wound up with someone else. Your own will let me down. Put your 